0: Amen. I was give him a clap for that. that was, uh... <laughs> it's been an encouraging week, if, if you've been here in church. Uh, we've had a number of great things happen. We've had news about the boundary change uh, that's going to enable us to bring St. Albans back to life. The news is good news. Uh, the last objector has been decided not to have a real objection. So, <laughs> so that, therefore, we can open the church again properly and start to renovate it. It's been exciting. On Wednesday night, we had the Alpha course, and it was... It was wonderful watching people just coming to faith in God, really. God just converting people. At one point, after the talk had finished, great talk by Paul Cowley uh, on the the Alpha course, a a guy who had been in prison and now runs prison Alpha. Um, I, I just need... Toilet, and I, and I was out in the toilet, and I felt God speaking to me in the toilet, as, as He sometimes does. And He's just saying, Just stay where you are, Richard. So I just uh, read some stuff on my phone, just chilled out of it, and, and came back uh, after a few minutes to find the group, happily evangelizing each other. And many of them weren't Christians, they were just like telling each other all this stuff about God and how He was working their lives. And I'm like, yeah that's a pretty good day, isn't it? I'm enjoying that one. So I enjoyed that, seeing what God was doing. By the time we'd locked up and left, a couple of them were still chatting outside, can't get rid of them. Very nice to see. Um, praise God. And, and then Thursday happens, and we had a great time, uh, again, watching God working with the kids. So I was um, writing a sermon series for next term. We're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit and his gifts and ministry, and that was rather exciting. And we had a prayer time uh, in the afternoon where people from uh, different churches in the HDB network came together. And we praying over in our tent in St. Albans. And one of the words that God uh, gave for me as we prayed through um, our, our prayer tunnel, um, our fire tunnel, um, or prayer corridor, as Tim likes to put it in Chiswick. Prayer corridor. <laughs> um, just, I'll tell you about that later. Anyway, the, it, it was that uh, the lost sheep are going to come home. The lost sheep are going to come home. People who have strayed away from God are going to start coming home, coming back into church. And you come into church this morning, you find that God's drawing people in who have been lost sheep for a while. Come back into church this evening, you find the same thing's happening. Come back all over the place, God's drawing people To himself, it's really exciting to see what God's doing. It's just a fraction of some of the things that have been going on this week in people's workplaces, in schools, in other places where God's been working in the life of this church. And it's just amazing to see what God's doing. In fact, we came in for PCC on Thursday night. Um, and discovered that there were 15 teenagers who had turned up for, for a youth group, years five and six, just hanging out together. We tried to start the church council meeting, and the chairs were filled up with these little sprogs who had decided they were in charge of the show. And it was great to see. It was just really exciting. So many good things that God's doing in the midst of things. But these terms, basic talks, have been around problems, haven't they? Have you noticed that sort of general feel? You've been coming on to church for a sort of a pick-me-up. We've just been like really getting into the depths of some of our emotions. As we've looked at a man called Job, the righteous sufferer, and the difficulties he's been at. We've looked at what it's like to have unrighteous pain foisted on you. We've looked at um, the, the benefits of screaming out against pain and going through the full grieving cycle. Uh, when you, you uh, allow yourself to be angry with pain and injustice, you allow yourself to have times even of depression and times of hopelessness before getting through to a resolution. Then we look at the benefits of acceptance, when you finally can go, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, the Lord takes and the Lord gives. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and the benefits of getting to a place of acceptance. Tonight, what we're going to do is look at the extraordinary benefit of perspective of perspective. So most of the time when we start talking about things going wrong, what, what happens is we get closer and closer in on ourselves, don't we? And, and we're looking in on ourselves. And this, this summer I was in California. It was, it was a great place to be. Um, someone paid for us to hire a car out there. They said um, they could remember some holidays that they'd had as kids where it was on a shoestring. They said, we, we want you to have a, have a lovely uh, car when you get out to California. So we, we went to pick up a car from the airport, um, San Francisco airport. Get there, there's this smiling Californian behind the counter who's like, hey, I hope you had a great flight. I'm like, we had three kids on an airplane for 11 hours. <laughs> what do you think, you know? Uh, anyway, it's like, um, and we've got these bags piling up. My mum's there, Nicola's there, our three children are there. And he's like i'm gonna give you an upgrade and his definition of give was slightly different to mine my my definition of give is that it's a free thing (laughs) it turns out in a bill later on that there was a wafting great big bill attached to this upgrade but anyway we end up with a ford explorer which is one of those massive um seven seater four by four cars and we drive around um northern california with this this beauty um it's, it's just wonderful seeing this amazing countryside one day we leave Reading where we're based in the second week and we drive to see a volcano. And you can still go into something a bit like a crater where there's still sulfur coming up and there's bubbles and there's hot things. And, and we're, we're, we're going to go there with the kids and enjoy it. We passed the last petrol station on the sort of, you know, the, the main road um, and it says something like there's 320 kilometres to go. Left of fuel in the tank. We're only going to go another 80 in. It's going to be 80 back. Think, yeah, that's, we'll, we'll do that. I don't want to wake up the kids who are sleeping in the car. We're just going to we're going to press on into this country park. We have got the air conditioner on full because it's still 40 degrees outside, and the music's pumping um, on a replete play there's only 10 tracks that are played for the whole three weeks because it's the ones that will keep the kids quiet um, and uh, and we, we're going into the into, we, we turn into the park and it, it's lovely we stop have, have a cup of tea at the first first place but we've got a destination we've promised the kids we're going to get to which is the volcano and if you've ever traveled with kids you know it's probably best to give them what you said you were going to give them so we're pressing on to this volcano uh, however, what's happening now to the roads is that they're, they're becoming more windy, uh, bendy, stop, starty. And as I'm pushing the, uh, the gas pedal down, uh, the, the myelometer thing's going down and down, and there's less and less going. Until we get to what I think is our destination car park, and we've used up half of the gas now mathematically that sounds reasonable doesn't it uh, because you used up half and you, you know, half to get you back unfortunately it's not the right car park and it's it actually another three or four miles we've got to go further on at this point i'm like i've just come back from new wine summer conference and i'm full of faith god can do anything can't he you know elijah and his oil it just got bigger and bigger so so i'm like god i don't want to you know upset the day we, we, um, you've got to help me out here. I'm sort of feeling that God probably ought to help me out because I'm a vicar, I'm on sabbatical, <laughs> I'm quite a nice guy, and I'm praying, and I've got faith. And so I'm like, but also I'm a bit tense, to be fair. And Nicola's like, what's wrong? Because, uh, you know, wives are quite intuitive like that. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, it's not much petrol. And I don't want to say it loud because uh, my mum's in the car, the kid's in the car, and I don't want to ruin the day. Anyway, so we, we park finally, we get out, we know we've got, you know, just squeezing amounts of petrol to get out of the park. We, we walk off. I manage to just about forget what's going on because the kids are whining on the walk to the volcano. Uh, so we focus on the kids. Get into to the volcano. A Great time. Come back. There's stunning views. There's, you know, this, this volcano used to be like 10,000 meters high. It's been eroded down to the remains that it is. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous part of the world. We, we get back towards the car, and I'm able to drop the kids back at the original car park. Um, because there's a sort of a subtle way that you can get down to it. And I go on to get the big Ford Explorer gas gas car. And I drive the 500 meters to pick them up. And in those 500 meters, it goes down three miles. We get them all in the car. We drive around the bend in the corner, half a mile, and it goes down another seven miles. And I'm like, oh, my goodness me. At this point, the air turned off, <laughs> the music's off, and, and, and everyone suddenly realized something's going on. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those things where you've got a multi-generational car um, all together in quite a confined space and something's going wrong. Uh, there's, there's probably a little bit of an atmosphere, to, to say the least. Um, but we're all full of, you know, Christian faith, and we're, we're going we're to pray, and we tell the kids, and they're like, we should pray, and it's, like, really nice. Although, to be honest, I just told Ella the story just now. She said, I wasn't praying. I was hoping we were going to run out of petrol. <laughs> so don't get the message that we're a super holy family. But anyway, we're, we're praying in the car, and um, and and... And we're going up, and it still is going down fast. So then we get over the brow of the hill, and it's mainly downhill, so I stick it in neutral. <laughs> and we're freewheeling down these hills. And there's some decent bends going on, and you've got your kids in the car, and you're like... You know, I mean, it's an expensive car for a start, but also, you know, maybe it might upset a few people if we, we went off the edge. But so you, you're doing your best to get around. And you go down, and then suddenly there's some ups as well. So, you know, you're like, you hit them as hard as you can. But but by the time you get to the top of the hill, it's sort of five miles an hour, and then you have to press the gas on it. And you're like, oh, my goodness me. It gets to the stage, we think, maybe we could make it to the edge of the park. The gas station's another 20 miles further on, but if we could get to the edge of the park... That would be a start, wouldn't it? You know, at least there would be some human life there. There's some rangers. They might have some, like, canisters or something. And it's going down and down and down. At this point, the kids start asking about mountain lions and what will happen if we're left out overnight with the mountain lions. And you're beginning to think, would it be worse to be stuck in the car with the children (laughs) or to be out in the apron with the mountain lions? And it's a bit of a, like, either or. Which one would you go for? So so we're getting there, and and, uh, we're down to two miles on the thing and we're five or six miles from the edge of the park and you're like this is this is pretty bad it's like getting quite quite later in the evening um, and then suddenly we go past um, a campsite looking turnoff and it says gas and i've just been camping and you know what gas means when you're camping it means those big color gas things that you stuck into a barbecue so i'm like oh it's so close but so far and my mum goes, no, gas, that's what the Americans call petrol. I'm like, I know, mum, but this is campsite. And as we carry on, a mile later, when we're down to one mile on the clock, it says, gas, left turn. And I'm like, yeah, she, she, maybe she's right. I've a hard left. We free wheel into this campsite. And it turns out there's a couple of these petrol things sticking there. And someone's just stuck $20 in, but for some reason they can't use it. So I just sort of wheel up. So this petrol thing, hand them $20, $20. we stick $20 in we and we can make it down, the thing. And it was like, oh, thank you, God, sort of moment. It was quite it was quite, quite something. But the, the point of telling the story in great length tonight was mainly to entertain Jonah. But <laughs> apart from that, it was, it was actually, I spent that entire journey going through this stunning national park, looking in on this myelometer thing going down and down and down and down. And my life was getting constrained into this backwards counting. And I'm, I'm quite good at, you know, counting. I've got an A level in maths and I know what number comes, you know, next in a sequence going down from 100. I'm sure you do too. I'm focusing in on this minutiae thing, missing the grandeur of extraordinary creation around me because I've got a problem. I'm focusing in on the problem. I'm hoping God's going to intervene, but my entire intention's on the problem. In fact, I've almost got some faith that God's going to intervene. I don't know how he's going to do it. I've got a sense he's going to be all right, but I'm focusing in on this problem and I'm not getting any of the glory. <laughs> and how much of our lives is like that? A little girl went to her mum one day and said, mum, where do we come from? And mum said, oh, honey, it's a nice story. Let me tell you. Once upon a time, God decided to make human beings. He'd made the world. He'd made it really good. And, and he wanted to create men and women together to be in his image, to love, to have faith, to trust, to relate to each other, to model who he was to the world. So he made us in his image. And it was a wonderful idea. And she's like, oh, thanks, Mum. That's a really nice story. A couple of weeks later, her dad rocks up to her and says, honey, I want you to know something. This world's a tough place. It's a disastrous place. And the reason why it's such a hard place is that you're an accident. (laughs) You're an overgrown amoeba in an accidental world that grew into a monkey that somehow became an ape, a hairy thing. And through fighting and through killing each other, gradually human beings came to the place they are today. So you better look out for number one. (laughs) The the girl scratches her head and goes um, uh, to to her mum later that day. She says, "Uh, Mum, you said this and Dad said this. Um, What's going on? Uh, uh, which one's right? And the mum said, Honey, your father was telling you about his side of the family, <laughs> and I was telling you about mine. <laughs> in, in our, in our um, reading today, we have a God who says, Look, I'm in charge of creation. Um, how he made us uh, in the beginning is, is an interesting thing. But What this passage talks about mostly is how he keeps on looking after us. Did you know that? The bits that carried on from, from where we finished off, he talks about hunting prey for lionesses and knowing when mountain goats give birth and donkeys going free and wild oxes that consent to serve him. He knows all about ostriches who don't have a whole load of wisdom and horses who can be used in battle and hawks who take flight at his command and eagles who soar at his command. He talks about his extraordinary control and interaction and sovereignty over the details of creation. He says, look, I'm God of all of these living things. And I'm God of you, Job. He talks to Job and he says to Job, quite importantly, I think, out of a storm. And you remember what the last big storm Job faced a year ago was? It was a storm that came and de- devastated his, his children, wiped out his children. The place of Job's defeat is the manner that God chooses to speak to him again. It's a bit like a parent who has lost their kids in a neonatal ward, and God takes them to the hospital and says, from the hospital, I'm here. I'm here. Like someone who's been devastated in a fire, and God takes them to a fire and says, I'm here. Out of the storm, he speaks to Job, and he says this very simple thing to this Job who has, over this year, begun to... Um, question and shout against god and say if only you would turn up god if only you would turn up and i could question you and you would answer me if only you would question me and i could answer you back again if only there was a fair court case going on where i could make my point of you and he says to him look you're, you're darkening my counsel with words without knowledge you're not understanding because of your questions Your questions are actually the thing that are keeping you from understanding what's been going on here. It's darkening counsel. Your words have no knowledge to them. So stand up, Job. Get up off the floor. Let's have a a visual aid for this. Um, Tim, welcome back. He's been um, being in ministry mode all weekend, sort of superstar, no doubt. Um, Tim can be Job. He's on the floor, um, devastated. Um, He's been ill. His wife's pretty much rejected him. Everything's gone wrong. And God says, brace yourself like a man, son. Get up. Get up. Stand up. You want to question me? Well, here I am. Here I am. And I'm going to question you first, and then you can answer me. And then he just rocks into him. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations, Tim? (laughs) Uh, Who marked off its dimensions, don't you know? Who stretched out a measuring line? On what were its footing steps? The morning stars sang together. The angels sounded for joy. Where were you, Tim? When I shut up the sea behind doors, when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds my garment, when I created the hailstorms, when I sent them from heaven, where were you? Where were you when I I showed where the gates of death were? Do you know the way to the abode of light? Do you know where the storehouses of snow are? Can you cut channels for torrents of rain? Can you bind the beautiful Poliades and loose the cords of Orion and bring forth constellations in their season? Or lead out the bear with its cubs? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth and raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself in a flood of water? Tim or Job, can you do these things? Where do you, where do you stand? Um, where, where do you stand? It's an extraordinary tirade, isn't it, that God brings out uh, to this righteous sufferer. Well, what's he doing? What's he trying to do? I mean, couldn't he have said, Job, uh, by the way, Satan wanted to challenge someone, and you were my champion, and actually you've done really well, nine and a half out of ten, Job. Excellent, wow, you, you really are a superstar, I'm pretty chuffed with you, um, you know, sorry I've been quiet so long, I am a nice father really, um, just, um, you know, I just wanted to explain myself to you, um, please still like me, Job. <laughs> He could have gone down that route, couldn't he, if he was something other than God, if he was just a figment of our imagination that we sometimes preach in church. (laughs) But he doesn't say that at all. He says, who on earth are you? (laughs) Who are you? 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 And where were you? And to get just a little bit of perspective on this, we're going to go to... One of the favorite speakers we've had at the New Wine Conference is Francis Chan. And and this is Francis just taking us through the cosmos in just three minutes, showing us what our place in the universe actually is. If you are listening to that uh, again online, it's uh, just the most extraordinary images emerging of uh, galaxies far, far away and just looking in at how inconsequential We really are. And yet God, from outside all of that, came down to earth to be our brother, to be our friend. And he knows the hairs on every single person's head. And he cares for us intimately. And he designed us and made us and recreates us. And he even knows about ostriches and oxes. (laughs) and lions, and horses, (laughs) and about you. That's the God that we worship. Maybe that was the route Jesus took at the the ascension, (laughs) zooming up into space and out into heaven. Maybe something else happened at the incarnation, zooming down in. Who knows how it pans out. But the God that you thought you were singing to earlier is quite possibly far bigger than you've ever thought. May God bless us today. Amen.